0: All right. Any who that fans out there? Okay, we got a couple. You know, our church honors this area every single week. We put our phones on Falcons mode, which means no rings. Okay, so Pastor James is not going to invite me back again, right? <laughs> Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, so excited to be back. I think it's been about a year and a half since I was here, and uh, it's super, super exciting to be back in the house with Cross Point City Church. Man, God is doing some amazing things in and through this church family and our church family in New Orleans, and I've got a new opportunity in Orlando. We are united with you uh, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to give Him all glory and praise. And it's it's such an honor. I love your pastor so much. I'm so thankful as I watched one of the sermons. He's one of my favorite podcast pastors and so he's uh, been taking you guys through the book of Mark and I'm praying about that going into the book of Mark. Pray for me this fall. Um, I'm taking our church through the book of Revelation in 15 weeks. Yeah, Ooh. Yeah. exactly. So um, we've decided to call the series 2058. Um, which is where after all my study, I've decided that's when Jesus is coming back again. And, uh, not really. Some of y'all are doing the math. Like, am I going to be alive for that? You know, no, no, uh, nobody knows. Right. But we're going to have some fun. Then next year I'm thinking about going into Mark. So I've been, I've been walking with you guys and praise God for the faithfulness. I'm also thankful that pastor James's family are being proactive. And, and they're getting away and they're getting some rest. I took a, a six week sabbatical. So y'all need to add two weeks to his. Um, I took a six week sabbatical last summer and it was a game changer for me. It really was. And so thank you for supporting your pastor in that. And uh, thank you for how you preach the gospel. Um, not only here in this region, but around the world. Let's go into the Bible today. We've got an amazing passage on the armor of God. On the armor of God. This scripture comes to us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. I want to read the text in its entirety, and then I'm going to give us four challenges today in regards to the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. At all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know about y'all, sometimes I just feel like so inadequate as a preacher, I feel like the Lord has already spoken. Uh, Anything I do from here on out, is just going to mess it up. What a sermon, what a word, what a challenge, the word of God. In the fall of 2005, um, Hurricane Katrina hit the city of New Orleans. I was there, I had been serving there in the city with Upward Sports and getting my seminary degree. And I was also um, preaching the gospel alongside and serving under uh, the Dean of Chapel. I was his assistant. His name is Dr. David Platt. And David was my mentor, and um, when Hurricane Katrina hit, it scattered all of us. I was also serving as an assistant alongside a good friend of mine who's also friends with your pastor, Robbie Gallaty, Dr. Robbie Gallaty's pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church today up in Nashville, Tennessee. And when Hurricane Katrina hit, we scattered all over the country. I found myself up where my parents live in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so I was up there and Dr. Platt calls me one day and says, hey, Rob, let's go to Indonesia and train pastors. I'm like, boom, let's go. Because I'm kind of, you know, antsy right now. I don't know what God's doing right now. And so, man, let's go. And so we took off to Indonesia. Now we were a little nervous because when we went to Indonesia to train um, pastors in this seminary in a town called Surabaya right outside Jakarta Indonesia there had been intense persecution of Christians and two weeks before we got there a Christian had been killed for the gospel of Jesus and so we were already a little bit on edge. I don't know if y'all would have been on edge, but we get there and it was an amazing thing because the first day that we had teaching these pastors, I learned about the requirements that they have in order to get their degree. Not only do they have to pass all their classes and you know get all their academics done, but they only get their degree if they successfully go into the country of Indonesia, lead 50 people to Jesus and start a church. <laughs> And I'm sitting here going, why am I here? Because I got through seminary by playing solitaire on the back row. And so, man, I did a whole lot of just listening to them, to be honest, getting out of the way and then hearing testimonies and powerful time, first day. And so we go back to the hotel after our first day. And as we pull up to the hotel, our guide, his name was Pius. He had a squeaky voice, so Pius. And so Pius, um, Pius, uh, kind of pulls up to the hotel and as we get there, a mob is walking towards us. He gets real serious and he tells us, I want you to immediately go up to your hotel room, lock the door and don't come out till I come up there. So we go up there, and just to set the scene, my buddy Robbie Gallaty, David Platt's just like this little guy. He's in a CrossFit now, so he's a little stronger, but he's a little dude. Robbie Gallaty is like six foot seven, almost 300 pounds. He used to be one of the top drug dealers in the city of New Orleans, and then God radically saved him by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now he's a pastor. But before he came to know Christ, he fought with UFC, and he was a master jiu-jitsu fighter. And so when we go and we close the door and we put a a chair against the door, I turn to Robbie and I said, Robbie, I need to learn jujitsu now. (laughs) If we're going out, we're going out with a fight. And so I might exaggerate just a little bit here, but Robbie chops a bed in half. He forms weapons and he starts teaching me how to do things. And we're over here having our gladiator moment and we turn around. And Dr. Platt is by his bed praying. Listen to me in the house. I learned a lesson that day that I'll never forget. The battle is the Lord's. And. you don't hear anything else, I want you to be reminded in the house today that we in this house who are in Christ Jesus, which I pray every single one of you in this house know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you don't, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But we in the house who are in Christ Jesus, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. That mob never came and got us and I don't know if they ever were but I'm not going to just say it was by chance. Maybe the Lord won the battle. Do you know there's declarations throughout scripture and I'm kind of Bapticostal, so y'all can say amen to some of these. But John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to only steal, kill and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. James 4:7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. First John 4:4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen, God, if they won't amen you, I'm gonna amen you. We're gonna have our praise party right here. Thank you, God, that you are greater than he who is in the world. Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. Anyone thankful the Lord is faithful and we don't have to be faithful? The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Luke 10.19, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us? We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. But to be on team Jesus, listen to me, is to be in a battle. And so in this text, I wanna give us four challenges. You wanna get out some notes and you wanna write down these challenges. Because when you write down notes in church, you look holier than your neighbor and that's the point of church. <laughs> so I need some feedback. Number one, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. strong. In this text, we learn To be strong. As Paul speaks to this church in Ephesus, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This word finally could be a wrap up to the book of Ephesians, but I believe it's more adding on to what Paul has just talked about in Ephesians. Do you know that what Paul just talks about is living for Christ in the home and in the workplace? So many times we think, some of y'all might even think, well, this sermon's not for me today. This is for the missionaries. This is for the pastors, all this kind of stuff. The real battle's happening in the home and in the workplace. And I want you to know, coming right after, talking about in the home, in the workplace, Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. Because the enemy's working. And and here, when he says to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, he understands and recognizes that Satan is sneaky, y'all. He's going to try and come at you in different ways. He's going to disguise himself, all these other different things. And so when he says to be strong, he proclaims to the church the what? And he says, be strong. My dad um, was, you know, my my whole family's from South Africa. I'm the first born in America in my family. My dad was a rugby and cricket coach. um, And then he was a tank commander in the South African army. And now he's a pastor. Y'all know I got whooped as a kid. And so um, (laughs) hardcore, hardcore, right? And so um, he would always tell me as soon as I would have these moans, you know, what seems to be your problem, son? And in a way, Paul's saying, what seems to be your problem, church? Where, where did you hear that this was going to be easy? Where, where, did you buy some of that at Lifeway? Like, this isn't going to be easy. We're in a battle here. And, and we're in a war here. And so he says, be strong. But notice, he never gives you a what without proclaiming the who. He's not telling you, you be strong according to your power, according to your might. You got this. You can and you will. Don't buy that hogwash. That ain't the gospel. The gospel starts with you can't, but Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now you can. And so this proclamation is be strong in whom? The Lord The Lord, the what in scripture is never meant to be accomplished without the who. I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. Apart from me, Jesus says you can do nothing. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Those who put their faith and trust in chariots and horses will fall. Those who trust in the name of the Lord will stand firm, rise up, be victorious. Number one. We see, be strong. Number two, stand against. Repeat it with me. Stand against. Stand against. I, don't, I didn't believe you. Stand against. stand against. There we go. Now we're talking. And so we see in verse 11 and verse 12 put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against. And then it talks about the enemy. We are in a fight against the enemy. Now, I want to be bold. And I want to share with you here in this house, if you're not going through some form of persecution in this house, some form of resistance from the enemy in this house, it might mean that you're doing nothing of significance for the kingdom of God. In another way to put it, the enemy has dubbed you a water boy for the kingdom. As the saints chaplain, I can assure you that Drew Brees... When he gets ready to play the Falcons, Um, he never goes and looks at game film on how the water boys are carrying the water. He's not like, yo, check this out, guys. Look at this water boy. He's carrying four cups at the same time. One's got Gatorade. One's got Powerade. One's got water. And I think that's a LaCroix he's holding right there. He could care less. He's worried about those linebackers that are coming to take his head off in the game. Could it be possible that maybe you're going through no attacks from the enemy, no resistance because the enemy said, why would I even worry about that person? They actually think that just by coming to church once a week, they're a threat to the kingdom. When we begin to unpack the enemy and we look at spiritual warfare, do you know I learned something even a couple years ago? I went to India to also do some ministry with pastors with a guy named Pastor Levi Lusko and Jack Graham. And when we went overseas to train pastors, the first Sunday we were there, we all went to house churches. And as we presented the gospel at these house churches, all of us saw crazy demonic activity. And so later that lunch, um, we talked with our guide and we said, why is the enemy so crazy dangerous here in India? And our guide said, whoa, 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 I've been to America. The enemy is way more dangerous in America. He said, you see here in India, we actually believe in spiritual warfare here in India. We actually believe in demons and the demons know that so they don't hide in America. You guys fall back to the American dream. You fall back to pills. You fall back to counseling as your coping mechanism. You actually don't even recognize the enemy. So why would the enemy rise up and say, I'm the one behind your depression. I'm the one behind your issues. I'm the one behind this. He's winning. He's winning. So the enemy's sneaky. Some of y'all don't even know that you're in spiritual warfare, but you are because you've bought the American dream lie and you're wasting away your life for yourself. That's demonic. And so, when you're on team Jesus, man, the enemy comes all these different ways. One author says that he comes from the world, right? He uses the world. Man, I've got four kids. They're going to be here at the 1130. My family's here with me. And, and so I got four kids. My oldest son, uh, he's nine. His name's Bolt. I got twin boys. Um, they're either going to do amazing things for God or go to jail. There's only two extremes with them. And so those twin boys, they're almost seven. Their names are Mac and Burke. I knew I was gonna yell at them a lot. So both Mac Burke here, you know, I can say it real quick. And then God blessed us with a princess. She's almost four. She is so beautiful, looks just like her daddy. It's unbelievable. Um, She's my favorite. I mean, and the boys know it. Her name is Carolina McCall. But guys, as a daddy, you know, I'm so nervous because like the world and its temptations are everywhere and the enemy's distracting us poor kids can't even watch funny videos on YouTube without something dangerous popping up The, the enemy also you know he uses our experiences some of you guys have bought the lie from the enemy that you're not good enough that you can't do it that a church would never love you so the enemy's been trying to convince you of all these different things with your experiences and he's got you defeated and and thirdly do you know the enemy attacks with wrong doctrine because of maybe popularity, maybe there's a Twitter poll out there and we know polls don't work anymore, but if there's a poll out there that somehow God's looking down from heaven and saying, huh, what's popular now is not actually my word anymore. So because I care way more about what people think, because I created this world for the world's sake, not for my sake, I'll change my mind on that. All these things, the enemy's coming and we've been called to stand against. And so we stand against, remember, in the power of God and we fight the Lord's battle, but we have to do it the Lord's way. We just sung about do it again and it talks about that battle of Jericho. How crazy is that? I ain't calling the band to go to the front lines. There's not power in my ideas. God's in the business of doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He wants all glory and praise to be upon himself. And so we stand against surrendering to the will of God, which brings us to the third thing. You wanna take this down, take up. Everybody say, take up. And so there's some important things that we are taking up. This is that whole armor of God in verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God so you may be able to stand against the evil day. Having done it all, stand firm. And so this challenge here, it's so important. This challenge is really a challenge before the battle. Last time I was here, I preached about Elijah and his prophets against the prophets of Baal. And I talked about how we need to be people of great resolve. And, and listen, we don't wait for the battle upon Mount Carmel to start putting on our stuff, right? How goofy would it be if we watched the Saints and Falcons play and by the time they hike the first, you know, hike and it's, the game's going on, they're still putting their pads on. No, you get ready Before. You're dead in the water if you wait for game day. You got to prepare before. I love that you're pastor right now. Newsflash: You guys are continuing to push back darkness in this city, and y'all have only scratched the surface. Y'all are even about to make an epic move. It's so important that your pastor right now is preparing. You need to be praying for him, covering him. You think the enemy's like, oh, I just love what's happening at Cross, City, Cross Point City Church. I mean, you guys just, what can I do to help you? I played college basketball about 30 pounds ago. No defender, no defender when I crossed half court said, how can I help you? The enemy's gonna come and he's gonna come in unexpected ways. And so this is a challenge now. You might say, I'm not in spiritual warfare. Once again, I would disagree, you are. But if you would say that, now's the time to get ready. And so consider these things that we take up. The first three, we should always have on. The second three, we should take up during strategic times of war. And so the first one is the belt of truth. The belt of truth is centered on the body. This is something that secures the clothing and it holds everything together. You can't go out to battle if all your clothing's falling off of you, if your weapons aren't secure. And so we put on this belt of truth, which is symbolic of truth and truthfulness. Are you one of truth or one of lies? The enemy is a liar. And when you lie, you're even working for that great liar. Don't give the enemy a chance. Be about God's truth. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness The breastplate of righteousness, shield of metal that protects the heart and the vital organs. And so this righteousness is not referring to self-righteousness. I don't even believe it's completely just referring to the imputed righteousness that we have when we're in Christ Jesus. Justification means we're clothed in the righteousness of God. God doesn't just look down from heaven and see Robert Edwin John Wilton. Thank you, mama, for four names. He sees a saint. Who that? He sees a holy one of God and and he sees me in that righteousness. And I believe, yes, that's part of it. But can I also tell you, righteousness is something that we've got to daily cultivate in our lives. How many of y'all have ever just stepped into a gym after being away for months and months and been fine and not had pain? And no, it's hard, right? But if you keep at it, you keep working at it, things get easier. Well, in the same way, some of you all are struggling getting in the word. You got to give it more than two days. Get in the word, cultivate habits. Don't roll out of bed and check your Facebook profile. Get in the word. And start diving into this righteousness. Number three, the shoes of peace. So these were old school flip-flops with wrapped around all the way to the top. And so think about these shoes of peace. It talks about protection here and it talks about provision here. Listen, I've got big legs. You can see it. Strong rugby legs. I could have the strongest legs in the world, but if my feet aren't secure, I can't mobilize that power. And so when the commander tells me somewhere to go, if my feet aren't secure, I can't get there, right? In the same way, I can't utilize my strength. And so these shoes wrap up and that's the security we find in Jesus, right? The gospel of peace, shoes of the gospel of peace. I am 100% secure in Christ Jesus, amen? And so we see that. So those are the three things we should have at all times. Don't ever take those off. But the other three we take up during moments of battle. Now, once again, I'll say to you, I like keeping all of these pieces of armor on me at all times. Because the enemy's never really told me ahead of time when he's coming. And so I always wanna have these with me. You knock yourself out if you wanna leave these next three at home, not me. I wanna always have these pieces of armor around me. And so the next one is the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. You're gonna be able to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. This is to protect from the attacks of the enemy. And so the enemy throws arrows at you to yes, try and kill you, but to also distract you. And so this shield of faith is something that counterattacks these darts of doubt, confusion, temptation. And it extinguishes that. This is why it's so important, the shield of faith in Jesus. I believe that if you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you need to make it public because you're jabbing the enemy in the throat. Because I've been a believer for a long time. There've been moments, even as a pastor and a believer, where I'm filled with doubt. And if we're all honest with each other, so are you. But I can always go back to that moment When I confess Jesus as Lord. And so that shield of faith, another thing that's talked about with shield of faith is don't do this alone. Try and challenge yourself to find a time where Paul just did anything alone. Y'all seen that movie, Gladiator and 300 and all those different things and the symbolism of the tortoise formation where they take the shields and then they lock shields with other shields. You guys need to lock shields. And so it's not just you attacking the enemy or counterattacking. Man, surround yourself with brothers and sisters in Christ and form a tortoise formation because he's coming. There's power when we do this together in community, the church. Next, the helmet of salvation. We put on this helmet of salvation. I love this. This is so important. This protects the head from injury. As Satan throws doubts and discouragement, even in doubts in my assurance of faith in Jesus Christ. I put on the helmet of salvation. What is salvation? Justification, sanctification, glorification. When the enemy comes at me, even when I fail God, I say, you know what? I have been saved. I am being saved. Forever will be one day completely saved. And I can never be separated from the love of the Father. The helmet of salvation, lastly, the sword of the Spirit. This is moving from defense to offense. This is the one piece of armor that will counterattack. The word of God counterattacks. It's all powerful. It lasts forever. I pray you love the word. I pray you love proclaiming the word because it pierces hearts and souls. It transforms lives for the glory of God. When in war, preach the word. Preach the word. And so we take up the armor of God, which brings us to our last point. Keep alert. Keep alert. I don't know about y'all, but when I read this text, man, I'm ready to charge hell with the water pistol. I'm ready for that gladiator moment. Just feel like tackling somebody right now. And so Paul does something kind of weird. As the Holy Spirit speaks through Paul to write these words, you know what Paul says we are to do to keep alert, pray. Come on, Paul, serious, prayer? Pray. John Wesley says, prayer is where the action is. And so as we close out our message today, I want us to pray. And for some of you, This prayer might be a first prayer in your life to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Know that God loves you so much. Do you know that um, you can't live for Jesus without Jesus? And so if we are to be strong, how are we to be strong? In the Lord and in the strength of his might. Listen to me, my friends. You need Jesus. If you're here today, I love you and I wish I could package this in a sweeter, nicer way. You're hopeless without Jesus. Nobody in this house right here is boasting in anything except the name of the Lord. None of us have accomplished anything. None of us have done anything. We are nothing without Jesus and his grace. And so will you give your life to Jesus? Will you pray to receive Jesus Christ? For those of you who know Jesus Christ, I believe that this keep alert means that even as we go into all these things, be strong, stand against, take up, keep alert. I believe prayer is not something that we just do once a week at church. It is a lifestyle. And I believe we are constantly in prayer. Okay, Lord, thank you for receiving this and, and, and for giving this to me. And then I move on to the next. It's not like God says, okay, have fun and tell me how it goes. No, we keep, okay, Lord, I need your help here. Oh, Lord, I need your help here. Lord, would you help me put on the helmet of salvation? Lord, would you help me put on the belt of truth? Lord, this, and we just keep going to the Lord and we ask for him to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Because we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. A mighty fortress is our God. So every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask for our prayer team to get ready. If you'd say in the first place, today I'm praying to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the first time in my life. I want you to boldly right now say, that's me by lifting up your hand. If you're here in the house, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus, praise God. Give your life to Jesus. If you've lifted your hands, some of our friends would love to come and give you some materials. If you're still battling right now, I want you to know that God's invitation is always. And so I want you to know you can come and talk to us, follow up, connect in with this church family. But I believe salvation is here. In the second place, if you're here today, As we go into this time, I want to pray for this victory that's found in God with you. And I want to believe that because Jesus Christ has done it before, I want to believe he's doing it right now and he'll do it again. And so, Lord Jesus, we go before this beautiful, most powerful throne of grace. And Lord, we ask for you to unleash your Holy Spirit in and through us. Lord, for those who have not yet received you as Lord and Savior, would you hound them with your beautiful love for them? And may tonight, before they even go to sleep, may they receive you as Lord. For those of us who know you, Lord, may we be reminded, as we've been reminded in Ephesians here, to put on the whole armor of God. Lord, may we be strong. May we stand against. May we take up and may we keep alert for your name and for your glory. And so we love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for loving us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.